Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. to Live Boldly with Sarah Shulton Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from handpicked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, October. What is going on with this time, you guys? It's amazing. Please go grab your calendars and your computers and or phones, log into sarahsholtoncrans.com and take a look at all of our upcoming retreats along with a very special talk. November 2nd, I will be giving my first TED Talk on forgiving in Manhattan Beach, California. I am so honored and just thrilled to be sharing my definition of forgiving and how I have actually stepped into forgiveness myself. On November 3rd, I will be leading a retreat with Travis Barton and Jenna Reese. This will happen at the foot of Mount Baldy, you guys, so be there. It will be a forgiveness retreat in which we will be teaching you and guiding you through with breath work, meditation, mindfulness, coaching, all things forgiveness. And yes, forgiveness is for everyone, including ourself. I will also be in the Grand Canyon over November's Thanksgiving holiday, you guys. Please follow along as we film the documentary down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. You can do so at www.walkthroughthis.com. Please take a look, watch, just be a part of this exciting, magical film that is being created for all of you. Also in January, I will be leading a retreat at the Grand Canyon with Travis Barton. We will be doing meditation, mindfulness, coaching. You know, we may even be doing a little bit of music down there, you guys. Five nights, six days, transformational, transcending, all things healing and bringing in joy. Please be a part of one of these. Do not wait, because let me tell you, they are filling up. On this podcast, I am so thrilled to be bringing Ileana Moon, a brilliant, beautiful woman who has faced the depth of grief like I could never imagine. Grab your journal and please grab a very special pen and begin writing all things magical little bits of information in her own healing that will also guide all of you. I am so honored and blessed to have her here. And with that, enjoy. Hi, you guys. Welcome to podcast number two. And I could not be more honored and privileged um, to have this woman who is sitting here beside me um, to be interviewed. And just looking at her right now, you guys, I wish you all could see her eyes. Oh, my gosh. So um, Ileana has been on my retreat. She was uh, on my retreat back in July. And she has a story that will just blow you away. Um, She is probably one of the most amazing, loving human beings, full of love, expresses love, shares love, and has been through some of the deepest grief. And yet she is like the biggest survivor and one one of the biggest survivors I can honestly say I have met. Um, we went so deep into that canyon together and got to know one another so uh, intimately. And um, she shared so much stuff with us. And I got to tell you, when I was down there thinking about this podcast, I knew she was one of the top people that I wanted on this to be able to share with you. Because I know so many, so many of you out there are going through your own uh, areas of grief and pain and um, trauma healing. 
And as we all know, when we share, right, that's where we do that ripple effect of learning and growth and healing for others. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Sarah, I'm so grateful to be here. It's been, I mean, my journey and just being able to share and coming across you and when I met you or I saw you on Instagram and I knew that I was just so attracted to you, I knew that I needed to come to you for my healing. So just being here and having this opportunity to share, I am eternally grateful and ready to share. Thank you. Thank you. So um, it's not my story to tell. And I want you to deep dive. And you guys, for those of you that are out there right now listening, grab a tissue. Grab a tissue or just don't. Or just let the tears fly. Because I got to tell you, um, it's tears are amazing. And, and her words will touch your soul and uh, your heart. And they will give you so much hope. Which, as we know, truth, inspiration, and hope are the three things that I believe so deeply in for our own healing. So tell me about you. Just tell me about you. All things you. Okay. Um, Well, my name is Eliana, like we mentioned, and I am a mother. I'm a mother to two beautiful boys. I am a caregiver, not only to my children, but those in my family. I am a lover, a lover of life, a lover of all that is. I am, I'm strong. I, um, I enjoy being alive and I have gone through major loss and did go through major loss and when I tell Sarah and a visual of where I was in my grief is if I can give you guys a visual I felt um not my nose to the ground but my cheeks smushed to the ground that's how low I got in my life low to the point where I lost everything. I lost everything that I thought I was. At the age of 23, I got married to a beautiful man, mm-hmm. and um, he, he was amazing. I was a wife. I, was, um, I, I thought I was supposed to do what I was braced or taught that I was supposed to do, which was go to school, get married, be a wife, uh, maybe work and um, be a mother and I felt that when he passed away all that was taken from me and all that um, made me it it was very difficult so even now when you ask me who am I that is my work right now that I'm continuing to find myself continuing to see who am I um, now that I've lost or have lost and I mean it's beautiful because um there's so much there that I can say, and I know that I will yeah. be able to say, but I still am the same person, just a teammate down. I, I, I freaking love that. I freaking love that. I am the same person. Go back to, um, share everybody, if you don't mind, share with the listeners um, what happened. What was it that, that happened within your life? Um, go back to losing your husband. And uh, can you share that with us? Yes. So I lost my husband um, in January uh, 2016. I was um, nine months pregnant. So I was getting ready to have a baby. We were growing our family. We were, he had just gotten promoted in his job. We lived in my parents' back house. We were in escrow for a house. We were getting ready to welcome our new baby boy. And we knew that he was due any day. So um, he went to work that day like any normal day, um, and he died on the job. He um, stayed for work over time, and um, he just didn't come home. Yeah. Yeah, and you had another child already at home. Yes, I did. I had a—he was going to turn three. He was going to turn three in three weeks. So he, had, he has autism. So I had a, my son who has autism. I was nine months pregnant, and um, we, had, we knew we were going to have such a busy month that month, and everything just turned a twist, or there was just so much more added um, when we got the news or when he passed away. And I'm telling Sarah that this is my first podcast, but 
um, I'm really excited to share. So just as I'm getting ready to dive even deeper to share with you guys more details, I am taking a little bit of just taking myself back and really um, being able to share as much as I could with you guys. But it was it was a big change. It was um, very hard. Um, yeah, just knowing that I was nine months pregnant and my son was going to be due every any day. And just even the day before, having such loving and meaningful moments with him and then waking up and um, having him gone. It was all so surreal, so surreal, everything he left behind, seeing the bag of M&Ms he didn't eat, or even the fact that he woke up that morning and I was supposed to wake up and I didn't wake up. I remember feeling him all throughout my, all throughout our garage, just getting his stuff and getting ready. And even me telling myself, open your eyes, open your eyes. But I didn't open my eyes. Having him come into the bedroom and hover over me and tell me he loves me and give me a kiss and me being able to feel that and tell myself, open my eyes. But I didn't open my eyes. Um, Or even earlier that day when he called me um, and I was at the gym. And I said, hey, honey, can I call you back after my workout? And I did call him back. And it was a rainy day. And he said, um, don't drive to therapy. It's, it's dangerous outside. So I didn't drive to therapy and I stayed home. He was always so cautious, so well aware, so uh, trying to keep us safe. And, but we did have a moment. We did have a moment an hour before he died where we FaceTimed. We talked on the phone probably about five times throughout the day. We were always that couple checking in, making sure how we were doing, what we're having for lunch. Um, so he FaceTimed and We weren't FaceTimers. We probably FaceTimed about once a week. But just having the privilege to FaceTime him an hour before he died. I remember seeing him. He looked so handsome and he was glowing in light that I even asked him, hey, did you get a haircut? I said, where are you? And he said, um, no, I've been at work all day. And I grabbed my phone and I said, let me find my good angle. I'm fat. And then he said, you're not fat, you're pregnant. And then my son, who was nonverbal and was just becoming verbal, said, daddy, daddy, daddy. And he looks at my, at my husband through the phone and tells him he loves him. Um, and those were three words that he said for the first time there in front of him and the fact that they had that moment and they were able to share in that. And then he said, honey, I have, I have a job. I'll call you back as soon as I'm done. So we always had really great communication. And um, he always told me that if he was ever at a job for longer than three hours, then something was wrong. But I never, I never kept track of it or like kept track of how long he was at a job. And everyone always asked me, is there anything inside of you that you felt um, at the time that he passed? And I would say, if I really sit down and reflect, if anything happened at 510 when our life changed without us knowing... I would say that um, I did lose my I did lose my mucus plug, so that's the thing that we lose when we're pregnant the uh, the mucus, um, and I remember that they said if you lose when you lose your mucus plug plug you're either going to go into delivery two hours or within two days or two weeks, and I remember grabbing my phone, and saying should I call him? But I thought no I don't want to worry him I want him to work safe, so I didn't give him a call. And, um, and yeah, that was that moment that, that, and then by then he had already passed away, but we had no idea. We had no TVs due to my son's autism since we didn't want to overstimulate him with things and we really wanted to focus on getting him to be verbal. So meanwhile, it definitely hurt that he was on that, on live TV, um, because he had been electrocuted upside down, took them 45 minutes to get him down. And the whole, what felt like the whole world was watching except for us until 10 p.m. when the cops came knocking at our door. And they told me that he, he had died. But even then, before then, I felt grateful because I lived in a back house. I lived in a garage. So who did the cops come knocking to? My parents. And my parents were very protective and said, no, you're not going to talk to my daughter until you tell us what you need to tell her. And they said they weren't going to tell him. And my dad forced it out of them. So then my dad comes um, to the back house and he says, there's some people looking for you. And I just want you to remember you're pregnant. And it was just one of those moments where I knew that if he said that I needed to remember that I was pregnant, 
I needed to hold on to that. And that's what I held on to as I went to the front house and I, and I saw a house full of about 10 to 15 people um, with the news that was going to change my life forever. So you can hear my clock is going in the background and I have a thing about clocks. Um, every time my clock goes, it's my grandfather and my grandfather has passed away. I was at his bedside when and holding him on as he was dying um, before the whole family came. And every single time my clock goes, it's that's my grandfather. And uh, I, wow, wow, wow. I'm, I'm some of this in some of this I didn't know. I didn't know about your mucus plug. I didn't know about this. Mm-hmm. And what a what a incredible passing of life yet still here at the same time that this new baby is coming into your life and then you are the one that's holding it all yes you're holding it all and it it was something truly magical because when they even gave me the news I even through our when we would go to the, when we went to the canyon and we grouped together, I, I called, I labeled myself as a corker. So I'm someone that kind of just corks my emotions and don't allow myself to feel. Being an athlete my whole life, it's kind of like you learn to do that. You learn to kind of um, only, not always, um, just find solutions to your problems and not right. really allow yourself to feel. And I remember when I went in there and they told me your husband had an accident, I said, no problem. I'll grab my coat and let's go. And they said, no, I'm sorry, um, but you can't go. What do you mean I can't go? And they said, um, he passed away. And I probably, I'm not kidding you guys, I allowed myself to feel for three seconds. And my first initial response was a scream. And I wanted to fall to the ground. And then I told myself, Ellie, put it together. Ellie, put it together. Like, what happened to him? Who was with him? You need to get yourself there. And that was me then allowing, blocking my emotions, but telling myself, stick to the solutions. Mm -hmm. You have two kids that are depending on you. And I had a baby in my belly. And while every part of me wanted to fall to the ground, all I can feel is this energy in my belly that was holding me up so strong. And even as I got to the job site that they didn't want to take me, I actually... We shared locations, and I'm so grateful that we shared locations. Um, I know that everyone really respects people's boundaries, but when you, um, you never know what's going to happen. So if you can share locations with as many people as you can, <laughs> yeah. I would say share locations because <laughs> let me tell you guys something. They were trying to keep me from getting to my husband. And, you know, um, we all work different types of jobs, and it's really good for us to know and be in communications with our partners. And I'm so grateful that I was able to have that because then I wouldn't have gone to the job site. I know so many wives that um, weren't able to go to that job site, weren't able to get that closure. And I'm so glad that I was able to get that closure that I pushed myself to be there, Mm -hmm. but I also knew my boundaries because as I got there and there was yellow lines and they were telling me, oh, you can't go there. They would tell me from afar that I couldn't come close to him, but no one dared come and touch me because I knew that I had the right to be by his body. But as I'm getting closer to him and everything becomes so real and I see his tools and I see his equipment, then I realize, okay, Ellie, can you really handle this? There's a baby in your belly. And I took a step back and I did not look at his body. I did not touch his body. I wish I would have. But there was a reason why I didn't. And it's okay. I'm okay with that because now I get to carry him with all the wonderful and um, beautiful memories that I have of him. And I think one of the things that I've even shared with you, Sarah, is that I couldn't understand how he passed away. He was so strong. I swear that I thought he would knock down the power post before he died. So for me to even consider wrapping my head around him not being here anymore, I just couldn't, I just couldn't wrap it around for a while. It took me a while. So, um, wow. So now you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. You are getting ready to have this baby. How much longer until you gave birth? Eight days. So it was eight days after. Um, I was losing a lot of weight um, and the baby had to be induced. 
and um, it was tough. It was so tough, but it was so magical. And I say magical because I got a gift. I got a gift that's an amazing gift. So when my son was born and I held him on my chest, I had a room full of 13 girls in there. 13 girls that I grew up with. Wow. The love that surrounded my family. This is, I felt like I was in the middle with my kids on my knees. And there were people standing around us in circles with layers and layers and layers of circles. Although I felt like I was protecting my children, it was all these people that were standing, creating these layers around us and just vibrating love and support to us that got me through those difficult times. And that's what I mean by magical. But wait, it gets more magical than that. (laughs) You know what? You're like... Please tell me, <laughs> you guys, like literally to be in this woman's presence is, um, there's so much love in you. It's like, I feel him right now. I feel Jacob here. It's, it's just, there's something about you and you hold on to hope so much and you hold on to that love within you and that connection with him when he passed, right? His physical body. Yes. But you hold on to him so, so close within you that it's like this white light that just, it just, it's all love. Like it just it shines everywhere. So please tell me the magic, please. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Okay. And I, I really appreciate her words. And that's, I mean, and the, the actual magic, because the next thing that I'm going to share, I actually got a physical proof magic. And that is when I held my son for the first time and one of these girls was taking pictures, I actually got a picture with his silhouette in it. Mm-hmm. And he's looking down on me. And even aside from that, as I am ready to give birth to him and um, I asked him for a sign and I could feel him. And that's where the magic happens. Yeah. That they're gone. But wait a minute, I'm still moving. I'm still functioning. And wait a minute, I still feel loved. How yeah. is that? And when people ask me, how does it feel, Ellie? So I don't know if you guys have ever gone to a coffee shop and you're at a coffee shop and you feel someone staring at you and then you look and there's someone staring at you. Well, that's how it is for me. <laughs> I can actually feel him like staring at me, but I look and he's not there. But it's okay because I close my eyes and I can see him. And to me, that's magic. That's the magic that, and that's the gift, the gift that he gave me. That it did come to fully be able to see it and embrace it. It came within time. And I felt like I always felt him, just like that energy I described where you feel someone looking at you and you don't. That's how I felt it. But I felt it through so many things around me. Like I wake up the next day after he's gone and it's like, wow, the sun's still up. And I never thought I could live a day without him. Wow, I'm still breathing. It's like when I felt like everything was taken away from me. Because we were that couple that when we talked about like, we need to love each other more than our children, we totally were like, yeah, we do need to. So I lost everything. I felt like I was stripped naked and everything gone. And then yet there was this community of people constantly just dressing me, mm. feeding me. Mm. It was, um, oh. and, and I was still breathing and the sun was still shining and the night still came. And my children were still there looking at me, smiling at me. And I, and, I, and I told myself, be present. And then I also felt like as I was doing his funeral, how can I honor him? I can't change it. And I remember sitting there with myself and saying, okay, Ellie, you can either be upset that he was taken from you or you can be grateful. And I said, oh, I choose grateful because I was so grateful 
for the way he loved me, for what we shared, and for these children that now I had. And I feel like if there is anything I can change, it'd definitely be more children. More, 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 more. But I don't know how many more we can get in 3.5 years <laughs> of being married. I was married in my honeymoon, and then got, mar- got pregnant. I mean, got married. I got pregnant in my honeymoon and got pregnant right afterwards. So I never really oh had any downtime, but it was... Um, it's truly been a journey. It's been a magical journey. And, and yeah, and that's the magic that I talk about. That I, When I talk about, that's what I felt. It's like when everything's just taken from you, and yet now every little thing that you get, there's just appreciation because it's like, wow. Like, I didn't know that I can still have this. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about, you shared, when we were in the canyon, you shared about the flowers. Okay, I wept. When you shared this story, I was just weeping, weeping. Will you share? Of course. Please. I, this is like, and, and you know what? The other thing it, it did for me, just to, not to interrupt, but the other thing that did for me was remind me in my next relationship, whenever that shall happen, not my time, clearly, as we all know, um, I will be doing this. Thank you, Jacob, for this amazing thought that is just, it's beautiful. I mean, he was just overwhelmingly loving and just so, so good at loving me. But we had a thing. I have a thing for flowers. I love flowers. I I just think there's something so beautiful about this beautiful flower growing from earth. And he used to buy me flowers very often I would say once a week um (laughs) love that and then eventually I remember one month I didn't get any flowers and I said hey honey I haven't gotten any flowers for a while and he said oh okay and um the next day he comes home and he comes home with my favorite snack and I'm like oh that's not flowers and then he's like oh well you're not gonna get any flowers until Until you stop and you don't expect them. It's not always good to expect flowers or expect something. You have to learn to not expect anything. So then every day for a month, he came home with something different, whether it was my favorite snack, my favorite drink, my favorite food. The best one was a trophy, a trophy that I still have that says the best wife. And it was just such a kick. So then finally we're in escrow. And then he says, you know what, send me, the, um, send me the post for the flowers that you wanted. And I said, you know what, let's just wait. Let's wait until, let's wait until um, we're in the house. And that way I can put him in the kitchen table just the way I can picture it. And then um, he said, okay, if that's what you want. And then I said, well, unless I die, then make sure you put it in my casket. So the interesting thing, because I know there's two flower stories, but with me planning his funeral, I ended up giving him a hundred white roses, which signified the hundred red roses that I wanted. Oh my god! So then I put him on his casket, and I had given him the uh, I had given him the um, scenario, the idea. Oh, you better not give him to me when I die, and if I and if I do die, make sure you put him on my casket. But then he ended up passing away. So I gave him a hundred white roses. And I made I tried to make it very significant. But we just had a thing with flowers and with gifting. But what was truly special was on Valentine's Day, after he died. So after he died on Valentine's Day, I had a really trouble disconnecting his phone. So when I had a hard time disconnecting his phone, I get a phone call a few days before Valentine's Day. And it was from they asked for him. And I said, um, I'm sorry, he's dead. And he said, I'm like, who's this? And then he said, his florist. And I said, oh, he had a florist? And then he said, yeah. And then he said, um, he has your birthday and he has all the special occasion, uh, special occasions um, on fi- uh, um, written down. And we call him a few days before your birthday and the special occasions. And he has a tab open and we charge your card and we confirm and... Um, that's kind of what he did. So after he passed away, I still had flowers coming to me from him because he had his card on file. And I remember just that idea was, mm. 
was amazing. And I mean, he just wanted to bombard me with flowers because even then, Sarah, um, after he passed away, I got a letter from him, from his sister. And it was a goodbye letter just in case if anything ever happened to him. Um, for it to be given to him. And in, with this letter, he left a $2,000 fund for flowers for his sister to continue to send me flowers if he was to die. I do not know what was wrong with him. <laughs> if he thought he was going to die <laughs> or what made him want to do all these things. But um, I was just blown away. And that's the thing about this man. He continued to blow me away when... After he passed away. Wow. Well, and here's the thing. It's like, what an amazing uh, gift for also your kids, right? To be able to, to be able to still be experiencing what it is to be this man that loves his wife so deeply. What a gift. And I mean, he left them a gift. Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah, he left them a letter. That I shared with uh, oh, with all of us yes, in the canyon, I believe. Yes, yes, yeah, I shared yes. it. And it's just, he would write to them on his iPhone. And he started writing to my youngest when I was eight months pregnant. So then, and tells him what happened. Um, he tells him in the letter of the type of man that he should be. And if anything was to ever happen to him before they can talk of what he expects of them and not really expect of them, but what makes a good man. He tells them about loving me, about honoring themselves and about staying away from toxics. And at this point, he's 25. That's amazing. He died when he was 26 years old, going to be 27 within two weeks. That's amazing. And he left us all these wonderful gifts. So many gifts. How has this been like for your children? Just like myself, it's been difficult at first. Um, With my youngest, I think the not being able to communicate and express himself was really hard for him. Dad's there. Dad's not there. Um, And we went through a period of time where... He wanted to go with dad. Mm. He wanted to go with dad. And I had, we had to, I had to take him out of school and we had to do um, intensive home therapy or family therapy for grief. And what that looked like was every day we would have a therapist come and we would play from one to five and try to get him to learn to express himself and what he's feeling. And he would never express anything with them, but then he would start asking me questions. And then they started seeing the magic. They started um, being in the knowing of how loved and protective they are. They started um, seeing the butterflies fly around them and get them on demand. Mm -hmm. Or the feathers, the feathers that they find in their path. And they know they're from dad. Or the best is like when we're out shopping or out having dinner and they're like, oh, mom, I see dad. Oh, yeah. What is he wearing? A white shirt. Oh, the best is a dinosaur shirt. A dinosaur shirt with some pants. Oh, okay. Tell him I said hi. Hi. And they'll wave hi to him. Or the heart-shaped rocks that we find. Oh, gosh. Every time we would turn around in the Grand Canyon and we literally, like this was... I don't think I've ever seen so many heart-shaped rocks in that Grand Canyon as I did when I was with you. They were everywhere. Everywhere. It was like, oh, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. So much love. So much love. And I think that's what's made such a big difference with my kids is their Mm -hmm. open heart. Yes. Yes. The open heart and the openness, too, because we are all loved and we are all protected. And just when they became more opened and more in tune with the butterflies and the love and the sun shining and just trusting, trusting in the unknown and our creator, it completely changed them to where they now when they say, oh, where's your dad? Oh, he's died, but he's in heaven. It's okay. And my kids comfort people for their their dad's passing. And that makes me proud. 
that they can do that. And just to see the love that shines through them and just their... And I think the gift, the biggest gift that he gave us is that he taught us to live our life without our eyes, but with all our other senses. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Because we feel him and we're so protected and loved. And um, we also appreciate and it, it's, it's amazing. And for my littlest, my youngest, he sometimes asks, where am I in pictures? Where am I? Um, where's Jace? Did daddy love Jace? Of course, daddy loved Jace. And he, I have emails where he says, I love Jace. Hmm. So it's so easy. I don't know how much he fully understands that. Right. But I know that brings him... Um, it's still a process that we're undergoing, but he has a lot of questions about where, where was he and him not getting to know him. But again, we're just doing the best we can. How are they doing today? They're doing good. They're doing good. Um, for us, death is just like, it's an everyday topic, everyday talk. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other day, one of my son's teacher gave them, uh, what was it, a goldfish. And then I, he comes home with the goldfish, and I said, just so you know, baby, if we do a really good job, the goldfish is going to live for two days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So then it's like, oh, but now he's in heaven, and it's yeah. okay. He's with daddy. Or when it... And I feel like it's a gift. It's yeah. a gift to not fear death. It's something that we fear. And, you know, it's, it's so, I remember even being there and choosing. I remember choosing to stay present and choosing to be grateful. I, I'd be lying to you if I tell you that I didn't have days where I was sad. And that's how I found you, Sarah, because I am happy. And I am love, but I cried and I still cry. Yeah. But oh, so do I. But before I cried a lot more. <laughs> I still cry. Yeah. <laughs> crying is crying is the beautiful thing. Tell me about that. So how did because you found me through Instagram, right? right. And then um, I remember the first time I met you was on that Zoom call, mm -hmm. right? So tell us about um, how the canyon and going through that experience. Talk a little bit about that. It was so powerful. I always say, like, our life paths cross for a reason. We meet people for a reason. That's why even I said about this relationship, I'm like, oh, I'll get a relationship someday. It's not on my time, right? Like, whoever it is, they're just not ready yet. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'm not. I don't know. Um, and it's so beautiful because when we can open our hearts to what is there and to what is what is possible— it's a we that's where the healing grows or the healing happens that's where we grow that's where we that's where we deepen our understanding and love of self um if it's the worthiness or whatever it is and i'm so freaking blessed and honored so freaking and blessed and honored to have guided you through that canyon because there was so much that yes i right i guide all you through this and 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 i watch you transform but there was you. There was this piece of you that also transformed me in a, many, many ways. We know that. Like I've told you that before, right? Like you deepened my understanding and um, of just simply love, just simply love. Like that was it, right? And it's so huge. It's so freaking huge. So that's my experience with you. I want you to talk about your experience going through that. And um, what it was like for you and just also, you know, um, what you learned, what you learned about yourself. Yeah, I think I was, I came across, um, across you and I just felt an instant connection through Jenna. So I met Jenna, who I did breath work with, and I was going through a meditation, kind of meditating on my own because I knew that I wasn't tapping into my feelings the way I needed to. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was love and I was happy, but I was on the go and I hadn't shared. I hadn't 
been able to share because I had such an amazing support team with my parents and my friends that if I cried, they would cry. So then I found myself not allowing myself to cry and I needed to cry. Right. Because you can't hold up everybody. And I felt like I was drowning. I felt like I had been living my life with my withholding my breath. And I was so ready and eager to just let it out. And I felt like when I came across your page and I saw you, I saw how your energy and I saw how you led people through adventure. And to me, I'm like the physicalness. I'm like, I hide through my physical self. I, I am overworking myself through working out and challenging myself physically because I'm so broken inside. Right. So that's very common um, for many, many people. And um, the way that uh, we, we talked about this, like so many people go into nature, right, just to do. And when I guide, it's to be. You go through the process and it's hard, yes, physically. And also through that process, it's encouraging your heart to open up and to be able to see things and feel things that you'd never seen or felt before. If it's um, you feeling your husband in a different way, because we talked about that, right? It was like, he's here with us. You can call in what you need to. You can call in the rainbows. You can call in the butterflies. You can call in the, the spirits. If you're a spirit led, you can call in all the things, the hearts, the love. And right, like that's where it's so interesting watching people where it's like, I'm going to go climb a peak and yay, I did the summit. Okay, well, did you really get out of that? What is possible to get out of that? Because it's so much more. Nature is there for us. The wilderness is there for us for so much more than just to walk a path. It's to feel and it's to embrace and it's to heal and it's to do all the things that we sometimes take we take for granted and um so continue yeah and I think that's what I loved about my adventures with you Mm -hmm. even on the canyon and adventures after that because I'm so grateful to call Sarah my friend (laughs) I love you so much (laughs) that that's what I learn when I'm with you Mm -hmm. like I learn because I am that person that it's like I did the summit yay check (laughs) but it gets to the point where I'm like not even drinking water and I'm like why am I not drinking water no one is around you right (laughs) but it's just so that's one thing that I feel grateful that you were able to give to me that when I go to nature even now on my own it's like I'm tapping into myself right and even with when I met you and coming across you and just seeing all the work that you do and having meditated I was ready I was ready to just exhale and allow people to finally catch me as I exhaled. And I think that's what the canyon did for me. The canyon gave me a space where I was able to share. And I love the Zoom calls because I even remember the first Zoom call that I was in. I told everyone, um, I'm going to need you and I'm going to be there for you. And everyone, I feel so grateful because I got to connect and meet with different people and learn and share and it was just um an incredible experience and the one thing that I think I was able to gain the most or I would say it's the best thing that I learned about the canyon or I was able to self-reflect is that there's more to me than my grief oh girl and that it was just like um Yes, I'm still able to love and be happy. Now, I want to love and be happy with exhaling out yes. and inhaling and exhaling. I want, yes. to, I want to know me and embrace me with just allowing myself to feel. And I think the biggest fear that, was, that I had with allowing myself to feel and with some people that I've connected that have gone through grief is what if I allow myself to feel and I become this angry person because there's so much anger in there or this very sad person because of everything that was that um, that we feel. But it's just an emotion. Yeah. And we come back to what we are, which is love. Oh, spot on. 
And I think that was what I was able to gain from the canyon. It was being able to even break myself at the end. And I think my pivotal moment, Sarah, was at the end of the canyon where I was like, I just, I ran up the canyon. (laughs) She did. She ran. She ran up the canyon. (laughs) And, you know, the reason why I felt like I needed to honor myself in that way was because I couldn't understand why I couldn't physically feel what I felt inside. I wanted to feel the pain that I feel inside physically. I wanted to feel the hurt, the loss of my best friend, of everything being taken away from me. And I sprinted up and I get there and I'm shaking, but I can't feel. And I remember coming back down and just breaking down and then reflecting with you in the room and you telling me, I think the thing that stuck to me was, why am I trying to be something I'm not? Mm-hmm. Or feel something that maybe it's just not meant for me to feel. Exactly. And I embrace that. And it's true. And I own it. And and now I do hurt. But my hurting happens. And I'm sure with some of us, a lot of us can relate to this, is when I'm not moving. Yes. When I'm still. Yes. Because that's when the emotions come up. And that's what I've learned. I've learned to allow myself to feel. I've learned to stay still, which has been very hard for me. But that's exactly what I want to be. I want my kids to remember me as mom being present, as mom being at peace, as mom being loving, as mom being graceful, not as mom being always on the go, 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 and missing all of the all of the the magic exactly right like missing the magic you know it's interesting because when I was going through my own healing um people asked why aren't you more angry and I was being judged for not being more angry and I have you ever heard that um holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die and I believe so deeply in forgiveness and so for me, it was, I can't hold on to anger. I'm, I suck at it. Like I, I literally suck at, hold, I, that's where I've gotten to. Like I suck at holding on to anger. Um, for me, it's all about stepping into forgiveness, which is also love, right? And that's like love of self, love of others. And why, why, why would I try to hold on to anger if I suck at it? Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Right. And that's that's what we talked about, too. Why? Why try to feel something that it's maybe it's just not there. Right. Maybe, you, you know, so so it's this whole like we, we put these expectations on ourselves of I should be feeling this when in reality, mm, really? Don't shit all over yourself. You are so beautiful and brilliant as you are walking this planet as you are. And that's, that's like, what more can we ask for? What more can we ask for? A hundred percent. And that's where the work starts. Mm-hmm. Now working on myself. Yes. And letting go of, not letting go of my grief, but just um, embracing it. Honoring it. I was exactly what I was, yes, honoring it. Embracing yeah. it yeah. and growing and and growing and um, working on myself on how now I'm, 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 ready to live I'm ready to love I'm ready I'm ready to embrace I'm ready to um continuing to do my work yeah yeah he um Jacob is so freaking proud of you so freaking proud of you I have I have chills right now I have chills right now like it's it's you are um you are doing so many, so many amazing things in this world at this moment for your kids and uh, for other people just sharing this. Like there are so many people that, that, that grief, it just, it's like, oh, it just warms over them. Right. And watching you go through this process of, um, of your own healing and transformation and literally transcending your story, 
right? And saying like, and also honoring the fact that you are where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be something that you're going to be working on for the rest of your life. Okay. And how beautiful, how beautiful is that? Very beautiful. I think that's actually the the amazing part about being alive, that we constantly have things to work on. And I work on forgiveness every day, sister. Like <laughs> yeah. every single freaking day. And it's a choice. Okay. It's a choice that I keep forgiving. Because that's exactly it. I want to live. I want to live at my highest vibrational self. I want to be able to do the work that I do. I want to be able to give back. I want to be able to stay in my passion, my purpose, my values. And that's why, that's why I choose that, right? Like that's for me why I choose forgiveness. And that's amazing. And that's exactly where I am. And it's choosing, wanting to choose to live, fully live for my kids, fully live for myself and embrace this life and honor him. I remember even thinking, um, he was so amazing. My kids deserve 100% of me and nothing less. Mm-hmm. And how can I give them 100% of me by being the best version of myself, honoring myself and loving myself. And, um, and that's where the work the work is and will continue to be for the rest of my life. Mm. 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 So um, how do you, I want to ask you a couple more questions. How do you connect with him right now? Mm-hmm. For those people that are, um, have lost loved ones, right? Um, I know <laughs> my own mom, she's so, she's so sweet. My mom is in her eighties. And uh, when I was home last, um, she said to me, when you see a cardinal, think of me. And then, of course, me being me, this smart-ass little girl that I can be sometimes with my mother, I said, you couldn't pick like a pelican or something? I live at the beach, <laughs> you know? And she laughed and she said, but cardinals are so beautiful and they, they're just like, <laughs> this is the relationship that my, my mother and I have. We, I love my mom. My mom and I are like soul sisters and we always just, we talk this way with one another. Um, and uh, so for me, I know that that's, that is definitely going to be... Um, her her sign she loves hummingbirds and cardinals and I praise that she's still here so that's wonderful um what and I know I have like my grandfather me being so connected to my grandfather um sense crossed my path I will all of a sudden smell something and it smells like his basement my grandfather was a big tool man he had like I can't even tell you how many screwdrivers and just (laughs) I just laughed thinking about it (laughs) He had tools everywhere in his basement, in his garage, and it smelled like oil and grease. Yeah. And so every time I, I feel this like scent of um, oil or grease or like that scent of my grandfather's mm-hmm. basement, I know it's him. Yeah. Right. And um, and so I have that. Like I have those those things that I uh, those connections that I have with past with my loved ones that have passed. What is it that you do? How do you connect with Jacob? Um, in many different ways. Um, we get butterflies. The kids get butterflies. We do feathers and we do different color feathers. Mm. And there's a certain, there's hawks that follow me around. So depending on the time, my, my, um, what's going on in my life, I always feel like he's telling me, look at things through higher perspective. And just even on my way here, there was a balloon that, um, flew I was on the freeway and just crossed my path Mm. crossed my path as I was driving and it was red so I always take those and I'll self-reflect within myself but I think the one way that I truly connect with him is by meditating Mm. and simply closing my eyes and seeing him and feeling him and just having my energy intertwine with his and I feel that we all have that within us yeah. To be able to connect to our loved ones and being able to just be open hearted and, and calling that energy and praying and asking them and they will come through and believing it. And they, they will slowly come through with me. It, start, it started with butterflies, dragonflies, feathers, heart shaped rocks. And now I can close my eyes right now, Sarah, and I can see him. I can close my eyes and I can stay quiet and I can tell you exactly where his energy is. Yeah. And it's so interesting because um, that's also what we talk about when we go into nature. It's about, you know, all of the connecting that we need, that we desire is around us. 
right? Like wherever we are, if it's your feet in the sand, if it's your, you know, butt on the ground when you're at the park or whatever it is, you can call all that in. That's the energy. That's, that's the calming. That's what actually calms our mind and our heart and our soul. And uh, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it is. And I always tell all my family and friends, if you really want to know the reason why you're here, Go out to nature with an open heart mm-hmm. and you will see all the love that's around you, all the heart. And that's the reason of our existence, the reason why we're here. And now even as I am doing my own healing aside from my grief, it's like this love, this infinite love that we all have within us. Where does it come from? Right. Right. It's, it's, it's what we're made of. We're all connected. We're all connected. This world, this earth, this nature, we're all humans, animals, we're all connected. I know, because I mean, I've called in dolphins <laughs> to yeah. get me back to shore. Like, could you guys please come help me? It's amazing. It's yeah. so beautiful. Heart wide open, heart vibration. It's yes. amazing. So I want to ask you one more question. Okay. Where do you see yourself going? Where do you see yourself I see myself living, living a full life, a full life with my children, um, headed towards, I wouldn't say that I really know where I'm headed, but I know that I am going to go with it with the biggest open heart, with so much surrender and guidance. Mm. And um, that's where we're headed, just to be the best version, continuing to learn and being the best version of myself that I can be for those around me. But in 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 five, ten years, I see myself fully living. Yeah. If um, universe willing, God willing, I would, I can see myself having more children. Mm-hmm. You know, being open to seeing what my true calling is and how I can help people and how I can share who I am and contribute to this world. You're doing it right now, sister. Like you are so doing it right now just with this. What is one, uh, for those people that are going through this process of their own grieving um, or their own trauma healing, give us the one of the, give us the one tip or the one um, lesson, the one thing that you would share with them in their own, what would you get, what would you share with them? If you're going through your grief right now, the one thing that I'd like to share with you is I know it's tough and it's difficult, but choose to live, choose to love, choose to fill yourself because you deserve it. Mm. Choose to grow, choose to learn, and choose to be grateful. Mm. and and it's 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 a it's a job and it's work to choose to do that but when you do you call that towards you and and you're deserving of it yes and be open heart have an open heart because when you do choose the magic and the love is just going to overwhelm you it's going to overwhelm you more than I would say the person that's not grieving because you have someone that you are in the knowing of. But if you have not lost anyone, oh, you have tons of people too on the other side that you have met or you have not met that are rooting for you and that are protecting you and that are loving you. But those of you that are like me, that we got to experience love, physical love, hands on in person in this world. And now they're on the other side. Oh, we are now in the knowing of someone we love on the other side. So you better believe that you are so loved and so protective and there's someone out there that is rooting for you that's trying to open doors and open roads for you. So my invitation to you is open your hearts and choose, 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 choose because you are worthy of it. Oh, I love you. I love you. Do you see like this? I got to spend all this time in the canyon with you and it was just so brilliant and magical and beautiful and uh, just like you. So thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Um, If you would like to follow this beautiful woman on Instagram or on Facebook, where can they do that? Um, Moon Eliana underscore. 
That's on Instagram, right? Yes, under, and then yeah. on Facebook, it's Eliana Moon. But I would love to hear from you. Um, share your story with me and allow gift give me the gift of being able to hold space for you. I would more happily be able. I'd love to do that for you. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And um, thank you for being in my life. And thank you for um, sharing your story with all of us. Thank you, Sarah. And I love you guys. I'm sending you so much love Mm. wherever you are in your journey. Mm. Yes, me too. Me too. Girl, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being here and for listening to this incredible woman's story. And um, I would love to have you back at some time to, um, to continue and to share where you're at. Because as we all know, our journeys continue. Our journeys continue. And that's the exciting part. Oh, isn't it amazing? It's like magic. It is magic. It's it's just amazing. I love it. Okay. I love you. Okay, to all of you, thank you for being here. Thank you. Bye. Friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I am grateful to have you here. And I would love to invite you over to sarahsheltoncrans.com to grab my free seven steps to a joy-filled life. I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, Go to my Instagram or Facebook page and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.